I just love that we have these three weeks together. And I'm aware that some of you have been here every week. God bless you and reward you for your faithfulness. I also know that some of you were not able to be here either one or both weeks. And so what I'd like to do tonight is um, take some time to look at week one, which was God's invitation for us to rest in his presence. And then also consider what we covered last week, which was God's invitation that we find joy in him through consistent time in his presence. And what does that look like on a daily basis? How do we overcome some obstacles, specifically as it relates to prayer? Um, And then we're going to put it all together and look at what difference does it make? My, My main heart for you tonight is that you understand that God invites you to rest in his power through prayer. And that's what we're going to keep coming back to again and again. And um, this is so important to me because for the longest time, I felt frustrated in my prayer life. Like I mentioned, I grew up in a Christian family. And so I have known to pray since I was a little girl. Um, But it felt kind of hit or miss. Like some prayers were answered and some were not. Um, I mentioned in week one that I prayed for that cute guy in fifth grade that he would come to know Jesus so I could date him. Um, And he did not. (laughs) And I'm grateful for that because God answered with a much better answer to prayer. Um, In ninth grade, I was, um, we had gone back to Romania. I grew up as a missionary kid. And there was this other cute guy, lots of cute guys at that age. Um, (laughs) There was another cute guy who uh, wanted to be more than friends. And I wasn't quite ready for it. Um, But in in my stillness of of praying and talking to God and being like, is this it? Like, if I say no to him, like, is any other cute guy ever going to show up? Because remember, God's answer to my prayer in fifth grade was no. And as a 14, 15-year-old, this feels like the end of my life. (laughs) Is any other man ever going to express interest in me? I don't know. And uh, in that time of of prayer and really surrendering it to God, um, it was the first time in my life that I could say that I, in my spirit, heard God's voice responding to me. And I could count on one hand the number of times it's happened in my life, not very frequently. But that one time, a still small voice said, just let him go. Just let him go. I was like, but if I let him go, is he going to come back? And uh, obviously the answer is yes, he did. And our verse for our wedding was from Song of Solomon 3. I have found the one my heart loves. I held on to him and I would not let him go. <laughs> because when God answers your prayer with a yes, it's a beautiful beautiful yes. And so that first picture is from our wedding, um, and we're still holding on to each other and not letting go. Uh, We're celebrating 12 years of marriage together this year. But other prayers were still not answered. Um, I prayed as a teenager that God would uh, take away my zit and acne problem, and that has still not been answered (laughs) to this day. I have adult acne. Uh, I prayed for that exam in Britlet 1 that I would pass after cramming all night, and praise Jesus, he answered that prayer with a yes. (laughs) There are other prayers that I have prayed for 15, 20 years, and there is still 
no answer. And I know that there are so many, with so many women in this room tonight, I know that there are so many varieties of prayers that we have prayed. And it can feel like, God, are you even listening to me? Does it even matter if I pray? If you are sovereign and you're going to do whatever you want anyway, why should I even pray? I mean, what difference does it make? I tried to pray and nothing happened. I don't have an example of godly prayer in my life. I want to pray, but I just forget. So many obstacles to a thriving, powerful prayer life. But what I want you to know tonight is that there is power in prayer. And that power is not ours. It is the power of God that he imparts to us and through us when we make time to rest in him. It is his power that rests in us when we rest in him. You know, we talked about this in the first week, that a lack of prayer really reveals a lack of faith. That if we don't pray, we either believe that God isn't powerful enough to do anything, or we believe that he's not really good enough to care. And when I think of my own kids, they have no problem asking me for things. Mom, can we have ice cream for lunch? No. No, you can't. Mom, can I ride my bike on the street without a helmet? Mm, nope, nope, can't do that either. Mom, can we cuddle? And here's the difference. Because we, in our sin nature, are selfish, we sometimes give wrong answers to our children. And so depending on whether it's 11.30 p.m. and they should have been in bed two hours ago, <laughs> the answer might be yes or no. But my children have no problem asking me for things because they believe that I love them as their mom and they believe that I have the power to give them what they ask for. And Jesus says, if you who are parents and are sinful by nature and evil by comparison with your holy God in heaven, if you give good gifts to your children, how much more Will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him, even his own spirit? Scripture says no good thing does he withhold from those who put their trust in him. That trust means rest from those who rest in him. God will withhold no good thing. But prayer sometimes, it's not a, a one-hit wonder. It's not a one, like, I'm going to pray it once and then just walk away. Prayer, like so much else in our spiritual lives, is a long obedience in the same direction. That's a quote by Eugene Peterson. We pray, and we pray, and we pray, and we pray, and if we see God answering, we praise him, we honor him, and if not, we keep praying and praying. I mean, Jesus gives the example of the woman who uh, would go to the judge in the middle of the night, crying out for justice, asking him to do something. And God says, that judge, even if he's evil, just because she's so insistent, he's going to wake up and respond to her. Again, how much more our Heavenly Father who loves us is going to listen to us when we pray. And I believe that God answers every prayer. Sometimes he changes our circumstances. Sometimes he changes us. We can't just say one prayer and then say, okay, that's it. 
God, you do you, whatever you want to do. God is inviting us to rest in his power at work through us in prayer. It reminds me of um, just last week we went to the dentist and one of my children, who shall remain unnamed, um, has cavities. Three, in fact, already. (laughs) Um, And so this child said to me, Mom, if I brush my teeth every hour today, do you think I can get rid of the cavity? And I said, babe, that's not how cavities work. (laughs) Cavities take time to develop. Uh, and, and once it's there, you can't really reverse it. But you know what you can do? The dentist said that these are your baby teeth. And so you get a second chance. So if you brush your teeth every day, day after day after day, you will see the result that you're hoping for. And so God, that, that's similar in our life. Like God invites us to pray, not every hour, <laughs> because we're desperate and we want something to be done. He invites us to rest day after day in his presence, in his provision, in his power. Resting in God's presence is our response to God's gracious invitation to be with him. Truly, my soul finds rest in God alone, says David in the Psalms. And the person that has modeled this for me is actually here with me tonight. My mom is over at that table for the first time. Hi, mom. Um, And as I mentioned, I grew up in a Christian family, and this is what I witnessed day after day in my home growing up. It was my mom kneeling by her bed. And the prayers that I saw were warfare prayers. She was doing battle on her knees for her children, for her marriage, for the ministry, asking for God's power to invade earth, his kingdom come, his will be done. That is how I learned to pray. And I know many of you here tonight have not had that example in your life, and you might think that you're at a disadvantage because you haven't seen it modeled, but I want to assure you that God is inviting women in every generation to partner with him, that his kingdom would come, that his power would be made known in our families, in our communities, here in Akron, Ohio. God's presence here on earth with us. And I want to share this other picture with you. Uh, This is three generations of our family. It is uh, me, my mom, and my grandmother. And when I share about uh, just... the the incredible legacy of faith that I've been given. I didn't even get to share very much personally about how um, God rescued our family out of communist Romania and and miraculously provided for us in Athens, Greece, where I was born. And we came here and then went back as missionaries. It was like watching the book of Acts come to life. And any time I share that, it's encouraging to some and very discouraging to others because they think God doesn't work that way in my life. I don't have those types of stories. I have stories of sexual abuse, of physical violence, spiritual manipulation, emotional gaslighting, addiction, cancer, financial strain, broken marriages, depression, abandonment. Those are heavy, heavy burdens. And yet every single one of those things one of these three women in this picture has experienced. 
we all carry heavy burdens. But that does not disqualify us from a powerful prayer life. In fact, it qualifies us to rest in God's presence because Jesus looks at women like these three women, like the women who are here today and says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. And part of the reason that our family legacy is not one of tragedy is because there was one person who was on her knees day after day. And I've never even met her. But her prayers are bearing fruit in my life and ministry. And it's this woman. That's my mom on the right. And that's her grandma on the left. A woman who never had a high school education, who didn't go to Christian school, who couldn't necessarily do an inductive Bible study, and yet who faithfully prayed for her children, for her grandchildren, for her grandchildren's children. And it is because of her powerful prayers that I get to be here with you tonight. I am convinced that part of my life and family and ministry is the fruit of that faithful woman's prayers, who I never met, and yet will someday. Because that is her legacy of faith and powerful prayer that she has blessed her family with into the generations. And God invites us to be a part of his kingdom come, his will be done in our generation and in the generations to come. People who we will never witness and see will do things because of the prayers that you are praying today. And it's not because you are qualified. It's not because of how great you are. It is because how great our God is. And he invites us to partner with him. And we do that in prayer. And so prayer is not something we have to do. It's not a duty. It's not something we check off our list. It's not to make ourselves feel better. And it's not to make God feel better about us. Prayer is God's divine invitation that we would rest in his power at work and that we would join him in his work. Does that sound like something that you want to be a part of tonight? That is our invitation. And so we spend time resting in God's presence. So a quick review of where we were in week one um, and if you have your bookmark, you can turn it on the other side because that's where we're going. Um, say it with me here. R-E-S-T is an acronym to guide us to rest in God's presence. And so if you don't know how to pray, if you've not had someone model for you a faithful life of prayer, I invite you to use this as your guide. The R stands for, let's say it together, recite God's goodness. So we take time, whether we're reading scripture or whether we are in a difficult relationship or we're dealing with a hard emotion, we pause first to recite God's goodness, to remind ourselves of who he is and what he's done, to set our eyes on him because we suffer from soul amnesia. We forget that God is good, and so we begin by reciting God's goodness. We move then to the E, which is express your neediness. And so we confess to God our needs and our need for his forgiveness 
those heavy burdens that we're carrying, this is the time to bring them before him, to put them in his hands. Whether it's a cute guy who's expressing interest or it's acne or it's an exam, whether it's a supervisor at work or it's a husband who's cheating or it's a child who's walked away. Whatever that heavy burden is that you are carrying, it is time for you to express your need, to be honest with God that you can't do this on your own. You've tried and it hasn't worked. It is time for you to express not only that he is good, but that he is powerful and that he can do something about this and that you believe, you express your neediness. Then we take time, the S in rest. We've recited God's goodness. We've expressed our neediness. The S stands for seek his stillness. So this is time for us to quiet ourselves in God's loving presence and just be with him. All of us, all of us hustle from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep. But I think women in particular really struggle with this need to go, 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 and do, 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 and check more off our list because we find our identity in how much we get done. We pride ourselves in being the superwomen who can have our hands in eight different directions and do everything and take care of everyone. And this is time for us to just be still with our Heavenly Father, to be loved by Him. There's a verse in Zephaniah that says that God delights over His people with singing, that He is the one who delights in you, and you don't have to do anything. You don't need to impress him. You don't need to plead with him. You can just be still with him. Now, if you try this, and I have, um, I confess I get about 45 seconds into being still with God before I get distracted. That's about my limit, 45 seconds. Uh, Because I'll be there, I'll be still with God, and then I'll remember like, oh yeah, we're going to have pot roast for dinner and I should probably pull the meat out of the freezer. (laughs) Anyone else? And then I'm like, okay, okay, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. I'm being still with God. Oh, I forgot the wash in the wash again and it's going to stink and I need to move it over to the dryer before before it gets all smelly again. No, no, no. I'm going to be still with God. Oh, wait, did I sign that paper for my daughter for school? Was that due today? That was due today. (laughs) And this is what happens. Our brains are so used to going a thousand miles an hour that when we finally slow down to be still, we don't know how to do it. And even more so, the more time you try to be still, one thing that I've tried, and this is super practical, I invite you to write it down, is I have a little sticky note next to me when I pray and I will write those things down. Pull me out of freezer. <laughs> Switch laundry over to dryer. Sign paper for Chris or whatever. I, and, and once I write it down, it's like I can release it and go back to being still. But once you start a few minutes into this stillness, there are other things that bubble up to the surface. Oh, that conversation with that person really hurt me. I didn't actually think about it until now, but gosh, that was kind of rude of her to say. 
I don't know if we have enough money to cover that bill next month. What are we going to do about that? Which bill needs paid first? Which one can we be late on? I still haven't received a phone call from my relative about that medical test. Is it good news? Is it bad news? What's going to happen? Those are the things that we keep pushing down in our hurry. Those are the things that bubble up when we're still. And those are the places that God invites us to be still and know that he is God. So one thing that I have found very helpful in this time of stillness is something that I learned from someone else called palms up, palms down. And so I want you to do it with me now. Go ahead and put your palms up. And I want you to take a few moments to just be still with God. Just become aware of his presence here in this room right now. He is with us. He says, where two or three are gathered, I'm in your midst. He has placed his own spirit in those who belong to him. So we get to just be still. And now notice the first thought that has come to mind. It might be that you're hungry. That's legit. It might be a conversation that happened earlier today. It might be something that needs to get done. Take that thing and palms down, put it in God's hands. And say, God, I give that to you. If it's, I'm hungry, say, God, thanks, that food is here, and we get to eat soon. (laughs) If it's a hard conversation with someone, say, God, I put that in your hands. God, I release her. I forgive her. If it's something else, whatever it is, just put it in God's hands. Say, God, I give it to you right now. And picture yourself just releasing that burden, putting it in his hands. And now turn your hands back up and say, God, is there anything that you want to give me in this situation? If it's a financial strain, receive his promise that he is the one who provides for all of your needs. If it is a situation where you need direction and clarity, then receive his promise that he will give wisdom to everyone who asks for it, and he gives it generously. If it's a relational hurt, be still with him and receive whatever he wants to tell you about that relationship, about that person, that situation. Is there anything that God wants to say to you? Say, God, here I am, open hands. I'm listening. You might get 30 or 45 seconds into this when another distracting thought pops into your mind. And then you go back, hands down palms down, give it back to God. Whatever that distracting thought was, give it to him. Say, God, I entrust this to you. If it's that 
meat that needs pulled out of the freezer, it's okay, God. Thank you so much for, for generously providing for my meals. And God, palms up, I'm going to receive the assurance that you are a good father who gives good gifts to his kids. And you show that even by providing for our meal. So this is what I do when I take time to be still in God's presence. When I find my mind wandering with all the distracting thoughts, I take that distraction, palms down, I put it in God's hands, palms up, God, is there anything that you want to give back to me? And then I wait in stillness. And then the next distracting thought pops up, palms down, I'm going to give it to God. And palms up, God, is there anything you want to say to me about this? And then I go back to stillness. Like anything, it takes time, but you will see how your mind quiets down and how you can be still with God. Not in a weird Eastern Zen-like meditation of emptying your mind, but rather a child who trusts her father and can just be held by him. So R, we recite God's goodness. E, we express our neediness. S, we seek his stillness. And T, we trust his faithfulness. And this is when we declare our confidence that God is who he said he is and he will do what he said he will do. And so those situations that we talked about in our prayer, the heavy burdens that we express to God, that time of palms down, palms up, we say, God, I trust you. I know you're gonna be good. And if there's anything that he's given you to do, it's your turn to trust and obey and do the next thing in partnership with God as he works powerfully through you. And so I think we're good to go with dinner. Yes? Oh, I got a shrug. Okay, Krista just walked out. Um, (laughs) Because I was going to say, this is a good stopping point. Um, But I do want to direct your attention to the bookmarks. Those are for you to take home. Um, If you want extras, you can go to prayersofrest.com and print those out. Um, They're available for free for whoever wants them. These are great to do with your Bible study, with your prayer group, with uh, groups of moms in a neighborhood to pray together this way. Um, You can even teach your kids how to pray this way. Um, So that's available. And then during dinner, I'm just going to announce this since we're kind of in announcement mode. (laughs) During dinner, uh, my husband is here. Hi, Flavio. God's generous answer to my prayers, even when I didn't know what to pray. (laughs) Um, And so he's here. If you wanted to grab a book, you are welcome to do that. We're good. Um, And so you can come up during dinner. Let me pray for our dinner. And then I think Krista's going to dismiss tables. Yes? All right. And so God, thank you that you are the generous giver. You, Jesus, are the bread of life. And you allow us to feast on you and also on the good gift of food. Thank you for these men who have labored um, over the past two hours or more on this meal. Would you bless it for our nourishment um, and help us have great conversations around the table. God, we're so grateful for you and we're glad that we're here. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll be back with part two. So we're here for part two. Uh, We covered the REST acronym, and you have your bookmark, so you can refer back to it. Um, But again, the theme tonight is that God invites us to rest in his power 
through prayer. Um, and one of the ways that I found that works so powerfully in my life is by praying the promises of God. There are so many promises in scripture. And as we look at those promises, it's so easy to go through the REST acronym and look at reciting God's goodness. What does this promise tell me about God? And expressing my need. What does this promise reveal of my need for God? And then spending time being still with him and saying, God, I'm, I'm just going to rest in this promise of who you are and who you offer yourself to be. And then trusting his faithfulness that God will keep his promises. And one of the things that has been challenging for me as I've been studying scripture, specifically looking at the promises of God, is how do I know if a promise is for us here today or if it was for a specific group of people in the past? Because we want to handle God's word with care and not misapply it. Um, and so one verse that has been helpful in thinking through this is from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And it says, for all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. And so when we pray God's promises, we are saying amen to what God has already said in Jesus. So an example of this, I'm going to turn to um, one of everyone's favorite promises. Um, and this is Jeremiah 29. And when I say Jeremiah 29, where does your mind go to? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. It's people's favorite verse of the Bible. And let me tell you, it is ripped out of context. <laughs> that promise was given to a particular set of people in a particular set of circumstances in a particular historical setting. The Israelites were in captivity. They had turned their backs on God. And God said, even in your captivity, I have not abandoned you. I have plans for you. I have made a covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And even if you deny me, I am not going to deny myself and my covenant. And so I know the plans I have for you. And it's going to be to prosper you. And it's going to fulfill his promise to Abraham, which is that through Abraham, all the nations of the world will be blessed because of Jesus Christ. Because all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. And so that promise in verse 11 has been fulfilled. God has given us a hope and a future in Jesus Christ. It does not mean you're going to get that raise you want or the promotion or that the cute guy is going to ask you out, okay? That's not what Jeremiah 29 11 means. But the promise from Jeremiah 29 that I'm referring to is actually verse 12. Because verse 12 says, you will call to me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you search for me with all of your heart, I will be found by you. This is the Lord's declaration. And that promise is a promise of God for every generation because it finds its yes in Jesus. 
Because Jesus is our high priest, we get to cry out to God, Abba, Father. He has placed his own spirit in our hearts. And so we get to call out to you, to him, and he listens to our prayers. And so this is a promise of God that we can add our amen to. So does it take a little bit of study to know which promises of God are for us today? Yes, it does. But that is the beauty of God's word, that any time spent in God's word is time well spent. Because the word of God will not return to him void. It will accomplish the work that he has sent it to do. And so as we study even Jeremiah 29, even we, we look at this old history in the 500s in Persia and what was happening there, there are still applications to our life today. And we can learn how to pray God's promises. In fact, the study of the promises of God made its way into this book, Prayers of Rest. It's a collection at the very back of the book. And I want to read to you some of these promises. God promises to listen to our prayers. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. That's from 1 Peter 3.12. God promises eternal salvation to all who believe in him. From John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gives to all eternal life who believe in him. God promises to always love us. From Romans 8.38, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is a promise. God promises to protect us from evil. From 2 Thessalonians 3.3, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. God promises to fulfill his plans for you. From Romans 8.28, we know that all things work according to the good of those who love him. And that good as to be conformed into the image of his son. God promises to always be found by us. God promises to give us his kingdom. God promises that his spiritual gifts are irrevocable. God promises complete joy in his presence. God promises perfect peace to those who trust in him. God promises to guide us through his spirit. God promises to teach us through his word. I could go on and on and on because God gives us the riches of his promise in scripture and we get to rest in those promises. And when we rest in his presence, we get to rest in his power through prayer. One of the things that I decided to do with these prayers of rest, specifically the promises of God, is this fall, we have that up there, because this fall we're going to pray through God's promises on the Prayers of Rest podcast. And so if you're an auditory learner, if you need to hear something to remember it, or if you're one of those people like me who gets distracted when you pray, (laughs) uh, this podcast is a 10-minute guided prayer walking you through the rest acronym as we pray God's promises week after week after week. We rest in his presence. And that kicks off September 12th. So if you were here last week and you made a goal, a tiny habit for 31 days, 
Anyone here? Bueller, Bueller, a few of you. <laughs> All right, um, keep it up with that tiny spiritual habit. Check in with your partner that you found last week. And then this prayers of rest season, praying God's promises is gonna kick off at the end of that 31 days, just in time for you to build on that habit. And so with this um, podcast, I wanna share with you what God has done because in week one, I shared that I was in the laundry room at the start of the lockdown, just crying out to God, God, I can't do this anymore. And out of that moment of desperation and need, he placed on my heart to meet with him, to rest in his presence in prayer. And so I shared with you that over the eight weeks that followed, I gathered with women from around the world and we prayed every morning from 7 to 7.30 during the first eight weeks of lockdown. And it was incredible to see how God's spirit moved powerfully, not because we were powerful, but because he is powerful. And that we get to rest in his power through prayer. And from that, those live weekly prayer calls, this podcast was born so that anyone, anywhere can join in at any time. And I didn't really know what would happen. This was one of those trust his faithfulness steps. I was praying. I was saying, God, what do we, where do we go from here? And the next step he placed on my heart was a podcast. And I said, I don't know how that's going to work, but okay, God, I trust you. And this podcast is now reaching over 100 countries around the world. And we have over 250,000 downloads. Each one of those downloads is a prayer. 250,000 prayers over the last two years. Women and men from almost every country around the world resting in God's presence, calling on his power, trusting in his faithfulness. And so I offer this to you, A, to hopefully serve you this fall if you're looking for something practical to walk out of here and say, okay, how do I do this? I invite you to join me over the the coming months as we rest in God's promises. But also I want to offer it to you as an encouragement. If you are in that place, if you're having your own laundry room moment in your life where you're saying, God, I can't do this anymore. The burden is too heavy. The yoke is too much. The hurt is too deep. I can't do this. Then I want you to hear Jesus' invitation to you tonight. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. That is what Jesus wants to offer you. And so in this busy season of motherhood, I confess that I'd love to spend an hour in prayer every day, but that's just not realistic because this is what my days look like. They never stop running. Someone tell me it stops at some point. Yes? I look at my husband and I'm like, 
I'm told we're going to miss these days, <laughs> but I'm not quite sure right now. But in this season, my prayers are often short and interrupted. I often just grab moments of rest at the kitchen sink or as I'm folding laundry or as I shut myself in the bathroom because it's the only place I can get a few moments of quiet. This is the season I'm in. And yet Jesus' invitation applies to this season as well. And maybe about once a week, I try to get away um, either to my favorite coffee shop or I'll wake up a little bit earlier and I spend some time journaling out my prayers. I spend some more time praying. You have this um, worksheet here for rest. Um, we developed a journal using this acronym. And so that's what I use. I, I, I would love to do it every day, but I do it about once a week. Um, and just journal out my prayers as I go through that prayer acronym. And then about once a month, I meet with a group of women at our church. And we spend a couple hours praying together, praying for our children, praying for our marriages, praying for our ministries, praying for our church, praying for our school teachers. And notice that there are rhythms to these habits. You start small. Maybe it's just a one-minute prayer. You link it to something you're already doing. You celebrate growth as God is helping you be consistent with that habit. You make it fun to enjoy it. And then you build on that habit. So if you're in the space where you want to pray more, but you just don't know how, or you feel like you don't have time, start small. Make a commitment to rest in God's presence just a little bit each day. Maybe it's as you go to bed at night. Take some time to think back on your day. Recite God's goodness. Say, where did I sense God's presence in my life today? Where was he guiding me? Where was he comforting me? And praise him for that. As you're laying in bed, express your need to God. What's heavy on your heart as you go to bed? What are the worries on your mind? When in your day did you feel far from God or he felt far from you? Express your needs to God. And then take some time to just be still with him, be held by him, be loved by him. And you might just fall asleep at that point. <laughs> and that's okay. Because Jesus slept in the boat as those rocked by the waves. Because he was held in his father's love. And if you get to the T, you trust him with tomorrow. You trust him with that project. You trust him with that child. You trust him with that conversation. Start small and then build over time. Build in a weekly habit of longer time resting in God's presence. Practice the palms up, palms down, palms up, palms down. Build that from one minute to three minutes to five minutes to 10 minutes over time, but start small. Look for opportunities to pray with one another. Be a part of Bible studies here. Be a part of prayer groups. Be a part of mo moms in prayer, whatever that looks like. Gather some friends and do a prayer walk around your school. 
Kristen and I did that last, last fall, and it was such a great time. It was all of like 15 minutes before I had to go somewhere. But it was such a great time circling our children's school and praying for the teachers and the administration for what's going to happen on the playgrounds and in the classrooms. Meet with one another and pray together. Make a habit of resting in God's power through prayer. And my prayers are not just for me, and they're not just for our ministry, but they're also for these little ones who keep my hands full. They are my first and most important ministry. And so I pray for them, but as I pray, it's with awareness that I do not pray alone. I stand on the shoulders of spiritual giants who have prayed before me. I kneel in my prayers alongside the women in the generations that have come before me who have prayed through their bloodline. And we think of Hebrews 11, of the great cloud of witnesses who who are cheering us on as we run this race with endurance and perseverance. I think also of the great cloud of women who have prayed for me without even knowing my name. And I pray for my children, and for my children's children, and for my children's children's children. And I pray for those I will never meet, but I pray that they would come to know Jesus, that he would be precious to them, that they would find rest for their soul in him and that they would pray his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We get to leave a legacy of powerful prayer for our children, for our community, for our churches, not because we are powerful, but because on our knees we get to rest in the power of the Almighty. So I want us to do that here tonight. In the few minutes that we have left, I'd like to pray through one of God's promises in this book. It's God's promise to bear much fruit in us. And I'm going to pray, and then I invite you to either pray silently or journal out your prayer on this form. And then we're going to wrap up. And if you'd like to stay, we have some conversation questions around the table. If you need to go, you're welcome to leave after we end our prayer. We're still going to have the book table back there. I promise someone we're not going to leave before you. (laughs) So we're going to be here as long as you need us. If you want to pray, I'll be back there. But also at your tables, there are faithful women who are prayer warriors. There are women in this church who have prayed over this event to make it happen. (laughs) There are women who are praying for your children and your marriages and your community. And so you're welcome to come. I'm happy to pray with you. But if you need prayer, I invite you to connect with one another and pray with one another and for one another. And you can do that even as we wrap up here tonight. So as we begin... Close your eyes, take a deep breath, and just become aware of God's presence here with us tonight, surrounding us through his Holy Spirit, 
filling us through his very presence. So our passage tonight is John 15, verse 16. Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. So let's begin by reciting God's goodness, praising him for who he is, for what he's done in our lives. So Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for choosing each of us as your own. Adopted children, grafted into the vine, destined to bear much fruit for your kingdom and for your glory. How kind you are to fill us with your own spirit so that we get to rest in you, we get to remain in you, abide in you, our vine, and that as we rest, you produce much fruit. God, we thank you for that great promise. So in the next few moments, recite God's goodness. Thank him. Praise him for the fruit that you're seeing in your life, for the fruit in other people's lives that you have benefited from. We move on now to express our neediness. Oh God, we need you. We can't do this on our own. God, forgive us for getting sidetracked, for getting nearsighted as we think about the here and now. We lose track of the eternal. We forget that you are working. We forget that you are powerful and you are good and you hear us and you listen to our prayers. God, we forget. So remind us, Lord. Help us to produce much fruit through your spirit. May our lives be marked by love and joy, by peace, by patience, much kindness, your goodness, faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. God, may your fruit be so evident in our lives that other people look at us and say, there's something, there's something powerful happening in her life and I can't put my finger on it. God, may we be living testimonies to your power at work. We ask that your seed would fall on good soil, that our hearts would be tilled up, that the distractions would be removed, that the obstacles would be cast out, that the weeds would be gone and burnt, and that as your seed falls in the soil of our hearts, that it would produce much fruit, even a hundredfold for your kingdom. God, our eyes are on you, and we need you. We can't do this on our own. We need you. So tell God those burdens that are heavy on your heart, the names of those loved ones that you carry dear and near. Express your needs to him. So we move now into a time of seeking his stillness. And consider that God promises fruit that will last. What would it look like for you to bear fruit that outlasts your lifetime? 
into the generations to come. Be still and rest in the presence of the one who is mighty enough and powerful enough to accomplish this great miraculous promise in your life. Finally, let's trust God's faithfulness. Lord God, every promise with you is yes and amen in Jesus Christ. And you are always faithful to keep your promises. So help us also to be faithful to abide in you, to rest in you. God, help us to be faithful to to do the work you've given us to do in our hands here and now. We want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. God, we want to see fruit in our lives. We want to see our children come to know you. We want to see our marriages transformed. We want to see our neighborhoods filled with light in a dark world. We want to see our our churches shining brightly. We want this next generation to proclaim the name of Jesus, the name above every name, the name that every, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will profess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God, we pray that over the coming generation, that they would know you and that they would love you and that they would kneel before you, their Savior. God, we trust you to complete the good work that you started in our lives and in the lives of the generation to come. And so now I invite you to bring those names before him and say, God, I trust you. I trust you that you're going to bear fruit in these lives. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all generations, now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Go in his peace.